It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. Glad to be with you on this Sunday, this homecoming Sunday. Everybody on the yard, so exciting. Good to have people coming back. Behold the green and gold and all of that. Well, today we speak with a woman who knows radio. She knows media. She knows celebrities. Some of you will know her name. Some of you will know her voice. As my daughter now still walks around the house mimicking her voice because she loved it so very much. We welcome to On the Line, Kim Nelson Ingram. Hello. How are you? Hello, good morning. Now, now you make me feel like I have to put my radio voice, my smooth jazz radio voice on, Man. which I haven't used for a very long time. <laughs> Shalita walks around the house. Okay, just say it for me one time so I can tell her you said it. CD, go smooth ahead. Jazz, CD 105.3. It's Kim Nelson Ingram with you this afternoon. We're playing, I don't know, Cheryl's favorite. <laughs> Shalita love that. Man, I haven't done that in so long. That's hilarious. Well, you haven't done it so long because you're out here with everybody doing everything. So we have to tell this story really quickly because the 30 minutes goes by so fast. Well, first and foremost, I should say that we are celebrating homecoming, but you're a graduate of that other school. We don't hold that against you because it is an okay, HBCU. Listen. Okay, it is an HBCU. Yes, fam you, fam you. Fam you yes, is in the house today. Uh, you went to FAMU, and you majored in what? I majored in broadcast journalism. Why? Yeah, broadcast journalism. Well, you know, I always have had a love for media. I think, you know, I came up under the, the Oprah era when she was, you know, coming along and, and making her mark. And so I remember in, in, like, junior high or high school watching her show, and I was like, you know what? I want to do something in this in this field. Um, but when I got to FAM. Sorry, sorry, Spartan. <laughs> but but when, I, when I got to Sam and I was majoring in, in, in journalism, one of the things that I, you know, they, they, we studied everything. So we studied um, television news, which is what my emphasis was, was broadcast. Um, but we also had classes in print. And, of course, I ended up working at the radio station. Not everybody did, but it's just something that I wanted to do. And that's when I fell in love with the radio. And I made it my business to kind of always be multifaceted in that way. Mm-hmm. It, it, it served me well in my career that I, I could do a lot of different things. And so, yeah, that's when I first did radio at um, WAMS is what it was then. It's not that anymore. It's changed. Um, they're called letters that changed. But that's where I had my first radio show. <laughs> and so I met you when you were here in Norfolk and you were broadcasting at a local radio station here. And you have to tell this Tom Joyner story because it is a story for the ages. You're on the air. You're doing your thing. And one day you come and tell me, oh, I'm going to work for Tom Joyner. But you didn't quite have the job. So can you walk <laughs> us through that campaign, please? You know what? Um, and you're right. We don't have a whole lot of time. But in essence, part of part of my job or during my shift some of the time, Tom, for whatever reason, that studio that I was in, the feed came through for his weekend show. So sometimes I would have to record, basically, um, I was going to say download, but we weren't downloading this. Right. <laughs> the, the, weekend, the weekend show. And so even though I couldn't listen to his show 
in the morning that much because often I was doing the morning show. Um, I became obsessed with Tom Joyner, you know, or mm-hmm. I would listen on my way in because at a certain point I was doing a midday shift. So I would listen to Tom's show in the morning. And I don't know, Cheryl, somehow I just became obsessed with it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to work with Tom. Period, point blank. You know, he would come to Norfolk and I would go to the Sky Shows. And um, you're right. I started this campaign where, (laughs) you know, I met him at the Sky Show. um, And I told him that, you know, I was the one that, you know, helped with the weekend show. And I think I made fans at that particular time. I was like, I'm your biggest fan. I handed out fans. And then. I would send different kind of packages. Yep. Like I would send my um, demo tape, like in a pizza box and yep. say, I'll help deliver you yep. ratings. Or um, I don't know. One time I sent, <laughs> one time I sent something like my resume in a, in a cassette tape. It was mm-hmm. <laughs> in, a, in a Kentucky fried chicken box. Do you remember that? I remember the pizza box. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But it got his attention. You know, Tom Joyner comes to town and he's like, who is Kim Nelson Ingram? That is what the man said. Yes, that is what he said. Yeah, he was in a a theater full of people. And that's what he said. Yeah. You're remembering the story way better than I am. But yeah. (laughs) Yep. And so over time, you know, we developed a relationship and he would he, you know, hit me when a certain I'll never forget this. He hit me up when a certain position was available. Um but it just wasn't the right timing, it wasn't the right money, and it just didn't feel right. So I passed it. I don't even know if you know this. I passed up the first position that was offered to me. But he was like, okay, we're going to keep you in mind and so-and-so. And I don't know how long later it was, but he was like, yeah, I want you to come. You know, will you come? It's a, a, a producer position and some other stuff, <laughs> which I should have asked what the other stuff was, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, packed up and, and moved to Beverly, which was Dallas. <laughs> Kim did that. And I mean, when you went on his cruises, all that kind of stuff, she was there making sure the guests were on the show for the radio show, producing that show and all that entails. But she was also so important with putting those cruises together and getting those musical acts. And Tom Joyner probably still calls you for the stuff he needs. No joking. I probably still you know, calls I you. just talked with him the other I talked with him the other day. I definitely stay in touch. because um, I left the show for a while and did some other things, which I don't know if we'll get into or not, because we only have thirty minutes. But he the two years well, unbeknownst to me, he was getting ready to retire. But he called me and asked me to come back. And I'd like to think it was because he knew he was getting ready to retire and wanted me to do those last two years mm-hmm. um with him. And so yeah, it was very a very full circle time in my um, in my career. You also did we Dish TV. Yes, Dish Nation. Dish Nation. It's a show on mm-hmm. Fox. It's still on Fox. Um, at the time, it was this weird morphing of radio shows and TV. So it was morning radio shows. We started off with about six or seven different cities, and. Um, I worked with the Dallas cast and they had a cast in Atlanta, which they still do, and a cast in Detroit. But in any case, um, because of my radio experience and my TV experience that I had that I had even gotten more of since that since that time, um, yeah, it, it was a perfect fit. And I worked at Dish Nation. Um, I worked at Mo, you know, I did Monique's late night talk show. Sure did. I forgot um, when you worked with Monique. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And, and Monique had a radio show prior to that. Right. And, and I helped launch her morning. I mean, I'm sorry, it was an afternoon drive radio show. So that's, I mean, I've kind of gone back and forth between radio and TV a lot. I always thought that I would be this news anchor, news reporter, but, and I, and I did, do you remember when I was at Wavy in Norfolk? Like I was basically an intern last, mm-hmm. I don't know, part-timer, but, um, I had an, an experience then and it, it kind of shifted me away from wanting to, to do that. Mm-hmm. It was with, um, Kelly Wright, you know, Kelly, Wright. Yes. I would go out with him and long story short is it was like a, a, a murder or some type of bad situation, right? Where we had to still get the story and Kelly was marvelous. And he said a prayer with the, with, I believe it was the mom and was very comforting and all of that. But it did something in my psyche that made me go, you know what? I'm not going to be able to be out here in these streets covering murders and standing out with hurricanes and mm-hmm. stuff. That's what that's <laughs> so what I, changed Oprah. That's why she stopped doing hard news. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I shifted. But I still, with my positions as a producer, have been able to still keep the news part that I like going because, of course, we do news on the morning show. Right. And yeah. And most anyway. recently, you were associated with the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. Yes, Ricky Smiley's. I've been his EP. So when Tom retired and um, hung up his headphones for the last time, more or less, um, they moved Ricky over from the mainstream hip hop format to Tom's market, which was the Urban AC format. And so I helped in that transition. And I've been with Ricky for it's been almost three years. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. And what <laughs> have you learned about working with celebrities? Because when we came up way back when, uh, celebrities came for a visit, but they weren't True. actually doing the show. What have you learned about celebrities? Hmm. Well, it definitely has changed uh, the landscape of radio. That's certainly true. Because they're not radio people first. They are whatever they are first. Whatever mm-hmm. brought them to their celebrity dumb. Is that even a word? That is now. <laughs> you coined it. <laughs> that, uh, you know, that's what, that's what they do. And that's normally what their first love is. So um, it brings a different nuance to it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all of my experiences in working with different celebrities enables me to do it as gracefully as I have. Okay. Is that a good way of saying that? You know, because it does take a different, it takes a different skill set. They're used to, most celebrities, they're used to being a celebrity, right? They're mm-hmm. used to Coddled. people moving around a certain kind of a way. I'm going to let you say it. Okay. Coddled, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, so. And Kim is the type. Kim's going to get in there and Kim's going to get the work done. So. She's not going to have the time to coddle you as much as, hey, I need you to read this. This is a PSA. I need this read it read before you left or going into this break where you need to talk about X, Y, and Z because you know it because you studied it. They don't know it. They right. haven't studied it. Right. But you see how you just said that? It's all in how you do it. And it is a skill set. Like if I were to go in there and be like, Ricky, look, I need you to do A, B, C, D, and E, and this is it. And bottom line is that it would never get done. Okay. okay? <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a certain type of demeanor and personality. And yes, you have to get it done. And sometimes, you know, we might have got into it a little bit, but not often. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, you people tend to match your energy. So. That's true. Come, 
What, what advice did you have for young people that are wanting to be where you are? They say, oh, Kim Nelson Ingram, she's done this and she's done that. And I want to be like her. What, what do you tell them, Kim? Well, you know what? I hope we have time because I need to answer that question with a story that just recently happened to me. Okay. Literally just a few days ago. So a, a friend of mine, uh, we used to work together in radio. Um, she has been out of the business for, I don't know, probably 10 years now. But uh, a young lady reached out to her because she needed to interview someone in radio. And she declined. She said, I haven't done it in a while, but let me reach out to my girlfriend. She has been the EP of this, that, and the third. Whatever. She shared my credit. So she called me and asked me what I do it. I said, you know what? It's for this young lady. She's in college. Absolutely. Because I try to always help where I can. I can't always, you know, I can't get you the job or, you know, give you the interview necessarily, but I will help you, give you tools, whatever. So I said, not a problem. She said, yeah, she just needs to interview someone in radio. I said, no problem. Give her my personal cell phone number, have her text me, and we'll set up a time to do the interview. This young lady, first of all, first strike, text me at 11 something p.m. Mm. Okay. Mm. Does not say hello, Miss Kim. Hello, Miss Nelson Ingram. Nothing. No greeting. Nothing. Just hi. I'd like to interview you for my radio TV film class. Um, such and such gave me the number. Wrong name. You know, just bad, bad, mm-hmm. bad text, bad grammar, bad everything, bad timing. Everything. Wow. But I said, let me give her a pass. You know, she doesn't really know. It's a long story. I'm gonna try to make it short. I'm gonna fast forward. We finally, I said, you know what, let's, um, sure, I'll do it, no problem. She says, well, all you really need to do, I sent you a Google, I sent her, the lady who she got the interview with, I sent her a Google document. All you need to do is fill out the answers to the questions and send it back, because it really doesn't have to be a formal interview. You know, my response was, (laughs) that is not an interview. That is a questionnaire or basically an essay that you're asking me to do. I said, I'd be more than happy to carve out a time to talk with you and you can write down the answers to your assignment. Second strike. Like really? In what form of the dictionary ever has it existed that an interview means that you give someone a questionnaire to fill out or that you write down essay questions? And Cheryl, it was about 30 questions. Ooh, okay. Okay. So then we scaled to the time to do the interview because she said, okay, you know, no problem. Um, after she told me that this time and this time and this time wouldn't work, the times that I offered her because she had other things to do. Wow. So I finally said, okay, how about this? I said, my mornings are a little hectic. Um, and she has classes in the afternoon. I said, how about we do Sunday? I said, I'll go ahead and carve out my Sunday. Because I really want to help you, and I really, you know, would like to have a conversation to find out a little bit more about you and what you're doing and your career path and aspirations. We set a time for 2 p.m. on Sunday. She didn't call me at 2 p.m. on Sunday. She didn't call me at 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, or 9 on Sunday. I finally get a text at around 9.45 p.m. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That said, that said something to the effect of, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked with <gasps> other essays I was doing. Um, is there another time this week that works? Absolutely not. I'm sorry. Girl, I was 
so I was hurt more than anything because I was like, I wish someone that has been through the trials and tribulations of the career that I have mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> would have taken the time to give me their personal cell phone number and say, call me. We can have a conversation with you. I'll talk with you as long as you want. I'm not going to write them down for you, but I'll talk with you as long as you want. And for her to not even call me to say, I'm sorry. I mean, nothing. I was, I just was. I was like, what is happening? What is wrong? What's, where are we going wrong with these kids? That's what you don't do. So I, my, my schedule is very busy this week. No, not even trying to be funny. And so I, I, I said, I, I said, there's not. There's not another time. That's why I offered you my week, my precious weekend. Yeah, your Sunday. <laughs> my Sunday. And I was like, best of luck to you. But and that's no, the best I don't you have can another do. time. Mm-mm. That's the best. But you can I felt do. my in my heart, I wanted to find another time in my schedule. I was like, no, she's already proven that she doesn't appreciate what I could possibly have to offer her. She doesn't. She really doesn't. And and put that in comparison with the story of having an A in a class and then oh, tell it, yeah. tell it, tell it. Put it in comparison, so, please. So this was, I believe, this was my senior year. It was either my junior or senior. I think this was my senior year. And I had a journalism professor. It was no joke, okay? And we, I had an A in his class, and um, we had a, a, a project to do, like a semester project, which was going to be a significant part of the grade. We worked on it for several weeks. So let's say six weeks. I'm not really sure how long now. But the day the assignment was due, I was late to class. And I was late to class, Cheryl, by maybe two minutes. Mm-hmm. No more than five. But in my spirit, I feel like it was like just a little bit late, like two minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Prof. Wilson, God rest his soul, he accepted it, like, but he said, you know, you're late. So I got a zero on that project and, and ended up with a C in the class. And so people, you know, I, I get the vibes that sometimes I'm too much of a stickler for this or stickler for that or, you know, just because the FCC says you got to do the legal at the top of the hour, you know, it might be all right if you miss it one time. No, you got to do it. But right. this is the way we were trained to do it properly. It and when we see these fake people that would not get on an airplane and go to Ukraine to report it, or the people that post yep. news that's not news or incorrect news, you feel some kind of way when you spent a large part of your life learning to do it the right way at the your expense, paying for a good college to go to or university. Absolutely. And then you see these people that she can't even call you on time. She can't even address you correctly. She can't even contact you at the right time. And so as long as I have breath in me, yeah. I'm going to get them. I ate, I ate a student up this week with love. <laughs> Notice I said with love. And she with knew love. I, was, I understand. I was doing it with love, but not on my watch. You are going to it learn it to the right done. way. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I feel the same way. And, I, and, and, you know, unfortunately, it's not just this young lady. It, 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 I have experienced it a lot. Not with the blatant disrespect that I think this was, but just with what I call um, the GE philosophy, like, Good enough is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Good enough. You know, GE, we bring good things to life, but it's going to be dead in two seconds because it's really not good enough. Like, it's just the bare minimum will do. That's the that's the philosophy that I see so prevalent. And it's just, it saddens me because, like you said, we were trained differently. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, with, especially when it comes to things like news and journalism and getting the facts right and doing your research and not reporting things that are just, 
hearsay or on your social media feed until you check, you know, fact check something before you withhold. That I don't know where that is gone. But um, <laughs> we saw <laughs> so that whole debacle with the Boston Celtics story recently. People posting pictures of innocent women when these women mm-hmm. have husbands and children and family mm-hmm. and you're plastering their face all over everything. And it's incorrect. Yep. Absolutely. And you don't get it and you don't understand it until it's you posting about somebody who died that you know of before the family does. And you just think it's okay. But when it's your family, you will understand that you did not want that posted until you posted it. If you posted it. That's true. It's urgency to be the first one to say the information or the first one to post the photo or the first one to have the the story. You're not journalists the first, (laughs) but you got to be the first. (laughs) But you got to be the first. So tell no. us about some of the events in your life that you will never forget because of the career that you've had. Oh, my gosh. There's so many, Cheryl. I think one of them um, is on a boat with Tom Joyner, I think, with a certain celebrity. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, because, yes, you know, I am a Janet Jackson fan. She and, always and thanks has to been. my career, I have had an opportunity to be in her presence. A lot of times. Mm-hmm. What's crazy, though, is, you know, we you, you can't be a fan when you're working. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's true. <laughs> and people, That's- just so you know, when you come around celebrities, act normal because they like that. Don't fan them. Don't fan them. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And even that's something that's gone out the window now with the generation coming behind us. They don't, they pull out, if they come in contact with the celebrities, not if they're working or not, their phone comes out, they're on their live. That's not how we were trained. We're like, if you're in work mode, you're in work mode. You're not a fan. But in any case, because Tom and, and the people that I work with know that I'm a fan, you know, they allow me a certain grace mm-hmm, <laughs> to right. get a photo or what have you when I'm around Dana. So that was definitely a memorable. It was the last, um, the last cruise before Tom retired. She was the headliner. And, yeah, that was very cool. She told me that I reminded her of her sister, Rebe. Okay, <laughs> centipede. Okay. Made my day. Okay. <laughs> And then another memorable experience was when Tyler Perry had the grand opening to the new, the brand new Tyler Perry Studios. That was also in 2019. And I got a chance to go um, with Tom. That, I will never forget that. That was the most memorable, spectacular experience. Yeah, I I can't think of too many things that come close to that because everywhere you turn, like you turn to your right, there's Cicely Tyson. You turn to your left, there's Sam Jackson. You turn the other way, there's Taraji P. Henson. I mean, whatever. And and you you had, quote unquote, met those people, many of those people over the radio, but you're now talking about meeting them live. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like I was seated at the table with Shirley Ralph and her husband, Maxwell, um, Will Packer, who I, of course, know, fan you again. Sorry, you, sorry, yeah. Spartans. That's true. Right? Um, yeah. Sorry, Spartans. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> no, happy homecoming to you all, for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Norfolk, I mean, Hampton Roads is really my radio home. Like, my first professional radio jobs were right there in Hampton Roads. So I have much love for Norfolk State and Hampton Roads. So I just, even though fan is the best. But anyway, um <laughs> But yes, yeah, so many, so many people were there and, and just, you know, relaxed, calm, normal environment, not work, just being in awe of what Tyler has been able to do there in Atlanta and, and everywhere, really. But with his studios, that was amazing. That was an amazing experience. Tell me this. But there's you, been so many. You are such a creative person, like one of the most creative people that I know. 
Could you please you. tell people some of the things that you're doing now? You've written books. You've got crew. You've got uh, trips planned. Tell people what you're doing, Kim Nelson Ingram. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I have a uh, my first of a couple more that's become children's books. But my first one is called You Can Be Anything. And it's B-E-E, like a bumblebee, because the main character is a little bumblebee by the name of Bobby. And... It's really, uh, it's, it's my book baby, I call it. I already have two children, but this is my book baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go to youcanbeanything.com and check that out. And again, it's B with two E's, like a bumblebee. Um, but that ha- that was my, my a product that I worked over kind of during the pandemic and coming out of it, published it last year, self-published. Um, but it was really important to me because it's, it's a message for little girls in particular, but anyone like adults read this and tell me they get inspired by it because it's a reminder that you really can be doing have anything that you want. If you're willing to use your imagination, your creativity and put the work ethic in there mm-hmm. as well. And you can, and you can do it. Okay. And so, um, also, um, well, I have a new, something new brewing, but I can't announce it yet. Okay. But I can announce, I can announce that um, I am putting together uh, what I call creative escapades for um, their trips, like getaways for people who are creative or want to be creative. So whether you want to write for TV or whether you want to write a book or whether you're just trying to write your own business plan. Um, they're getaways that I'm doing. They're, they're invite only right now. Um, but that, that, that women can get away and support each other and kind of be an incubator, idea generator, and really just create a space from your everyday hustle and bustle where you can, all those things that you say you want to do and create and, and come up with the time carp out for you to do that. So I really love um, that idea because I see so many of these empowerment conferences, nothing against them or whatever, but that's a person or person standing up there addressing a group of people. This is where you have a group of people and they're helping each other. They're, they're yeah. encouraging each other. The ideas are being traded. And I just love that idea. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was definitely an inspired idea because I went away on a trip and I realized how much I needed to shut off the rest of life so that I could, you know, work on the next book and work on a script that I'm working on. So I don't know if there are any creatives listening that, again, it's kind of invite only right now, but I would love to hear what you would like, what you would like to create and why you think this could be beneficial to you, Mm -hmm. something like that. So my email address that I will give for that purpose only, I can't get you booked on Ricky's show. I can't get you on Tom Cruise. (laughs) I can't do any of that. (laughs) But... If you have something that you really want to create, like a passion project or a business or or something that you've been wanting to write, please hit me up about it. And you can um, email me at produceherlife at gmail.com. And it's produceher, producerlife at gmail.com. Producerlife at gmail.com. Produceherlife. Yeah, because, you know, what? I've been a producer all this time and I was like, you know what? A lot of things that I learned as a producer, we really could implement in our lives Mm -hmm. to bring things to fruition that we want to manifest. And it's, I don't know, that came to me. It was like, you know what? The things that you do as far as planning and organizing and bringing people together and, you know, making lists and checking them twice and being on time 
and addressing people in a certain manner. In a certain manner, that's right. That's <laughs> but, right. But those tools, those tools, you know, in my in my tool belt, so to speak, and yours, and many of the people that we know, you know, can be implemented just with regular everyday life goals and things that we want to do. So. We are minutes I'm away from the end of the show, Kim, but please, you have to brag on my babies, which are also known as your children that are doing amazing things, please. Oh, yes. So, oh, my gosh. So, Zenia was born in Norfolk. Yes, she was. <laughs> uh, and, oh, yeah. So, she is, um, in, she, went to, she graduated from Selman, and she is still in Atlanta now. She is an actor, uh, a singer. Um, as she told me last night, dancing is still not her forte, but she just auditioned for okay. <laughs> a role that requires all three. So, and then, um, Xavier is also, I didn't make these children go into the entertainment field <laughs> or the arts. I promise you I didn't. I did not. They did it on their own. But, um, my son Xavier is a student at UT and he, um, is an actor as well, a director, a writer, a producer. He's like, I'm. No, I didn't say to Tyler. He said this. But I'm taking Tyler Perry to the next power. I said, okay, son. To the <laughs> next power. Okay. I love it. So, I'll never forget that you. little boy in the back seat of the car singing about loving his life like it's golden. Okay? Like it's golden. <laughs> yes. When he was like, what, two, maybe? He was a little boy. <laughs> and he is still living his life like it's golden. Okay. He absolutely is. And of course, we can't forget husband that's doing great things promoting HBCU and the dog that's getting bigger by the day. Kim Nelson, I don't know what I would do without you. I love you so much. Thank you. And I must plug buyanicekirt.com for all your HBCU paraphernalia, even Norfolk State paraphernalia. We got it. (laughs) Girl, I I have one of those dresses. I have an NSU dress, buyanicekirt.com. Yes, it was. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I have T-shirts from there. I wore my T-shirt the other week, and one of the VPs on campus looked at me and said, I need that T-shirt. I'm like, yes, you do. Here you are, (laughs) buyanicekirt.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love you so much. You know you are my among my most longest and dearest friends. Kim is also a Delta, you. and I love the way your line stays together. If anybody was going to convince me to pledge anything, it would have been you all. I love the way you do that. So, got that. Thank you. So One much. more time, give out that email address. Um, produce her life. Produce P R O D U C E her H E R life L I F E at gmail there you have it Hampton Roads Kim Nelson Ingram she is one of the best look finish this homecoming weekend be safe have a good time I love you we'll talk again next Sunday behold the green and gold